Hey everyone, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 208 of our journey to read the Bible together every day this year. Today we'll be reading Esther 6 through 10 and Psalm 54. Again, quite a bit of reading, so we're going to get going. That night, sleep escaped the king, so he ordered the book recording daily events to be brought and read to the king. They found the written report of how Mordecai had informed on Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, who guarded the entrance when they planned to assassinate King Ahasuerus. The king inquired, what honor and special recognition have been given to Mordecai for this act? The king's personal attendants replied, nothing's been done for him. The king asked, who is in the court? Now Haman was just entering the outer court of the palace to ask the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows he had prepared for him. The king's attendants answered him, Haman is there standing in the court. Have him enter, the king ordered. Haman entered and the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king wants to honor? Haman thought to himself, who is it that the king would want to honor more than me? Haman told the king, for the man the king wants to honor. Have them bring a royal garment that the king himself has worn and a horse the king himself has ridden, which has a royal crown on its head. Put the garment on the horse under the charge of one of the king's most noble officials. Have them clothe the man the king wants to honor, parade him on the horse through the city square, and proclaim before him, this is what is done for the man the king wants to honor. The king told Haman, hurry and do just as you proposed. Take a garment and a horse for Mordecai the Jew who is sitting at the king's gate. Do not leave out anything you've suggested. So Haman took the garment and the horse. He clothed Mordecai and paraded him through the city square, crying out before him, this is what is done for the man the king wants to honor. Now, you know Haman is dying on the inside, right? Like he hates Mordecai. He's planning a a a way to not just destroy um, Mordecai, but annihilate anyone who's a Jew. And then the king comes in and says, honor him. And you just know uh, that Haman is like dying on the inside. So it says, then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried off for home, mournful with his head covered. He was pouting, friends. He ran away pouting. Like if you saw him on the playground, you would all be screaming and and pretending cry, baby, cry. Like that's what would be, that's what would be happening. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's what would be happening because it would be happening. Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, since Mordecai is Jewish and you have begun to fall before him, you won't overcome him because your downfall is certain. I love that they knew like what God did for his people. And if you went up against a Jew, you were like not going to win. That's just what's going to happen. They said, while they were still speaking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and rushed Haman to the banquet Esther had prepared. The king and Haman came to feast when came to feast when Esther with Esther the queen. Once again, on the second day, while drinking wine, the king asked Esther, Queen Esther, whatever you ask will be given to you. Whatever you seek, even on even to half the kingdom will be done. Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor in your eyes, your majesty, and if the king is pleased, spare my life. This is my request and spare my people. This is my desire for my people and I have been sold to destruction, death and extermination. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept silent. Indeed, the trouble wouldn't be worth burdening the king. King Ahasuerus spoke up and asked Queen Esther, 
Who is this? And where is the one who would devise such a scheme? Esther answered, the adversary and enemy is this evil Haman. Haman stood terrified before the king and queen. The king arose in anger and went from where they were drinking wine to the palace garden. Haman remained to beg Queen Esther for his life because he realized the king was planning something terrible for him. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. I mean, so he goes from like groveling to now he's like, picture her on the couch and him like grabbing her feet and burying his head in the couch next to her. Like he is full on just anyway, the king exclaimed, would he actually violate the queen while I'm in the house? As soon as the statement left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs said, there's a gallows 75 feet tall at Haman's house that he made for Mordecai, who gave the report that saved the king. The king said, hang him on it. They hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's anger subsided. That same day, King Ahasuerus awarded Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Mordecai entered the king's presence because Esther had revealed her relationship to Mordecai. The king removed his signet ring he had recovered from Haman and gave it to Mordecai, and Esther put him in charge of Haman's estate. Then Esther addressed the king again. She fell at his feet, wept, and begged him to revoke the evil Haman, the Agagite, and his plot he had devised against the Jews. The king extended the gold scepter toward Esther, so she got up and stood before the king. She said, If it pleases the king and I have found favor before him, if the matter seems right to the king and I am pleasing in his eyes, let a royal edict be written. Let it revoke the documents the scheming Haman, son of Hamadath of the Agagite, wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. For how could I bear to see the disaster that would come on my people? How could I bear to see the destruction of my relatives? King Ahasuerus said to Esther, the queen, and to Mordecai, the Jew, Look, I have given Haman's estate to Esther, and he was hanged on the gallows because he attacked the Jews. Write in the king's name whatever pleases you concerning the Jews and seal it with the royal signet ring. A document written in the king's name and sealed with the royal signet ring cannot be revoked. Are you paying attention, friends? Because listen, on the 23rd day, basically that means that what Haman did couldn't be revoked because it was sealed with the king's signet ring, right? But they could write something that could be more powerful than that. And that's what happens. On the 23rd day of the third month, that is the month of Sivan, the royal scribes were summoned. Everything was written exactly as Mordecai commanded for the Jews to the satraps, the governors, and the officials of the 127 provinces from India to Kush. The edict was written for each province in its own script, for each ethnic group in its own language, and to the Jews in their own script and language. I feel like I could do a sermon on that verse that would relate very well to us today. I'm going to move on right now. <laughs> Mordecai wrote in King Ahasuerus's name and sealed the edicts with the royal signet ring. He sent the documents by mounted couriers who rode fast horses bred in the royal stables. The king's edict gave the Jews in each of and every city the right to assemble and defend themselves to destroy, kill, and annihilate every ethnic and provincial army hostile to them, including women and children, and to take their possessions as spoils of war. This would take place on a single day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. 
a copy of the text issued as law throughout every province was distributed to all the people so the Jews could be ready to avenge themselves against their enemies on that day. The couriers rode out in haste on their royal horses at the king's urgent command. The law was also issued in the fortress of Susa. Mordecai went from the king's presence clothed in royal purple and white with a great gold crown and a purple robe of fine linen. The city of Susa shouted and rejoiced and the Jews celebrated with gladness, joy and honor. In every province and every city wherever the king's command and his law reached, joy and rejoicing took place among the Jews. There was a celebration and a holiday and many of the ethnic groups of the land professed themselves to be Jews because fear of the Jews had overcome them. The king's command and law went into effect on the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. On the day when the Jews' enemies had hoped to overpower them, just the opposite happened. The Jews overpowered those who hated them. In each of King Ahasuerus's provinces, the Jews assembled in their cities to attack those who intended to harm them. Not a single person could withstand them. Fear of them fell on every nationality. All of the officials of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the royal civil administrators aided the Jews because they feared Mordecai. For Mordecai exercised great power in the palace, and his fame spread throughout the provinces as he became more and more powerful. The Jews put all their enemies to the sword, killing and destroying them. They did what they pleased to those who hated them. In the fortress of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men, including Parshandatha, Dalphon, Aspatha, Paratha, Adelia, Eridatha, Permashta, Erisai, Eridai, and Vizatha. They killed these ten sons of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. However, they did not seize any plunder. On that day, the number of people killed in the fortress of Susa was reported to the king. The king said to Queen Esther, In the fortress of Susa, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men, including Haman's ten sons. What have they done in the rest of the royal provinces? Whatever you ask will be given to you. Whatever you seek will also be done. Esther answered, If it pleases the king, May the Jews who are in Susa also have tomorrow to carry out today's law, and may the bodies of Haman's ten sons be hung on the gallows. The king gave the orders for this to be done, so the law was announced in Susa, and they hung the bodies of Haman's ten sons. The Jews in, the, in Susa assembled again on the 14th day of the month of Adar and killed 300 men in Susa, but they did not seize any plunder. The rest of the Jews in the royal provinces assembled, defended themselves, and gained relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of those who hated them, but they did not seize any plunder. They fought on the 13th day of the month of Adar and rested on the 14th, and it became a day of feasting and rejoicing. But the Jews in Susa had assembled on the 13th and 14th days of the month. They rested on the 15th day of the month, and it became a day of feasting and rejoicing. This explains why the rural Jews who live in villages observe the 14th day of the month of Adar as a time of rejoicing and feasting. It is a holiday when they send gifts to one another. Mordecai recorded these events and sent letters to all the Jews in all of King Ahasuerus' provinces, both near and far. He ordered them to celebrate the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar every year because during those days the Jews gained relief from their enemies. That was the month when the sorrow was turned into rejoicing and their mourning into a holiday. They were to be days of feasting, rejoicing, and of sending gifts to one another and to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the practice they had begun as Mordecai had written them to do. For Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them. He cast the pur, that is, the lot, and to crush and destroy them. But when the matter was brought before the king, 
He commanded by letter that the evil plan Haman had devised against the Jews return on his own head and that he should be hanged with his own sons on the gallows. For this reason, these days are called Purim from the word poor because of all the instructions in this letter, as well as what they had witnessed and what had happened to them, the Jews bound themselves, their descendants and all who joined with them to a commitment that they would not fail to celebrate these two days each and every year, according to the written instructions and according to the time appointed. These days are remembered and celebrated by every generation, family, province, and city, so that these days of Purim will not lose their significance in Jewish life, and their memory will not fade from their descendants. Queen Esther, daughter of Abihail, along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote the second letter with full authority to confirm the letter about Purim. He sent letters with assurances of peace and security to all the Jews who were in the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus in order to confirm these days of Purim at their proper time, just as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had established them, and just as they had committed themselves and their descendants to practices of fasting and lamentation. So Esther's command confirmed these customs of Purim, which were then written into the record. King Ahasuerus imposed a tax throughout the land, even to the farthest shores. All of his powerful and magnificent accomplishments and the detailed account of Mordecai's great rank with which the king had honored him, have they not been written in the book of the historical events of the kings of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus. He was famous among the Jews and highly esteemed by many of his relatives. He continued to pursue prosperity for his people and to speak for the well-being of all his descendants. That is the book of Esther, friends. Love the book of Esther. What a powerful story of um, obedience, of God's provision and protection, um, and of calling to walk boldly um, in what God is calling you to. For who knows that you weren't placed where you were for a time such as this. And if you don't speak up and speak out, He's going to raise up somebody else who will, but you are going to miss the benefits of being obedient. Ah, love the Lord. Now for Psalm 54. God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. God, hear my prayer. Listen to the words from my mouth. For strangers rise up against me and violent men intend to kill me. They do not let God guide them. Selah. God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my life. He will repay my adversaries for their evil. Because of your faithfulness, annihilate them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, because it is good. For he has rescued me from every trouble, and my eye has looked down on my enemies. That's it for today. Come back tomorrow for day 209. It's going to be a good one, and I'll see you then.